Welcome to another episode of Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna. And today we're going to be going to uh, one of my good friends' journey. Um, he is a registered dietitian, sports nutrition emphasis, certified strength coach, uh, personal trainer. Basically, he he loves to be able to make a positive impact um, in people's lives and create and share positivity. Um, we're going to go into his approach into nutrition um, and his mission with MTWABP. Uh, today's guest is Eric Bustillo. Eric, welcome to the show, bud. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Happy to be on here. Good to see you. Likewise, man. All it's been a while. <laughs> um, Eric, I mean, like I mentioned, just let us hear how you got to where you're at today and basically your your background. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, the abbreviated version? Because this can be like a, just a get, long movie. <laughs> there you go. Just, just give it to us. All right, cool. Um, well, I guess everything as far as health relatedness, right? I make up a lot of words. So to the listeners, I'm perfect. sorry for those who speak uh, perfect English. Um, it started when I was a kid. Uh, grandma was type 2 diabetic. And growing up watching her, you know, check her blood, finger stick, inject the insulin. Um, and she was like one of the best people ever in my life. Like such a huge impact on me in the what maybe 12 or so years that uh that you know that I knew her for and I think that planted the seed of taking care of the human body subconsciously mm -hmm. because we would always tell her you know make sure you're drinking your water certain foods that she shouldn't be eating um and just you know really watching her go through that journey it obviously didn't end well in the sense of uh her not managing it really well uh the type two diabetes is kind of taking over other things uh, or leading into other complications, I should say. And, you know, she ended up going into dialysis. Um, and, you know, after that it was, you know, it was kind of just downhill, right. uh, but it was enough to make a great impact in my life. That's for sure. Um, so then fast forward a few years from there, my brother was the one who introduced me to, I would say dietetics. He told me, why don't you become a registered dietitian? He knew that I was into fitness. He knew that I was into uh, just performance and sports and all of those things. And when he suggested that to me, I said, I don't know what a registered dietitian is. <laughs> like you have no idea. You're like, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But, but he, he planted that seed. And I mean, I, I went to, I mean, I played sports growing up in high school track college, uh, college track football and uh ever since being a young kid playing sports that the performance and sports side has always been a big part of my life um you know things cool things like the track team captain in high school um i never went on to college sports mm -hmm. but it, it definitely laid a good foundation for me moving forward and ever since then i've just never stopped training i've done maybe 10 half marathons. I've done a team half Ironman. So I did the bike portion for that. I've done, you know, a bunch of cool little things from a performance standpoint. And I've done triathlons as well. I don't know if I already said that. I said half marathons. And a three mile paddleboard race. <laughs> I've done a couple of three <clears throat> mile stand up paddleboard Jeez. races, uh, including today. today. <laughs> and yeah, you know, so thankfully I, I had a really good, introduction and a solid foundation for sports and regular exercise and my dad was like a freaking all-star uh, basketball player back in colombia and south america uh really good at proper football or as we call it soccer um so you know having that kind of in my blood and playing with my brother playing sports and whatnot it just really laid a good foundation so fast forward to i went to miami-dade college Initially, I thought I wanted to do sports management, mm. be an agent or something along right. those lines. Uh, then I was like, no, nah, this is, I mean, it's not really my thing. At least back then, it was, I was like, you know what, what is this anyway? It just wasn't for me. And my brother had already kind of planted the seed of the dietitian, dietitian. thing. So then I took a class. It was like a health and wellness class with uh, Coach Rothstein over in Miami-Dade College. And that class really just kind of like confirmed my brother's planting of the seed. It probably just watered the crap out of the seed. What class was it? Uh, I, th I think the name was Health and Wellness. Got it. Something along those lines where, you know, you learn a few things. You do like a, 
you go into the pool for some things. You learn about like I don't know, it's different. It's like little yeah, nuggets of everything. A little bit of everything. Um, very basic uh, class, and that pushed me forward to pursue dietetics and nutrition, which is a, a science degree. So I finished the Miami Dade College. I took some of the fundamental classes there: chemistry one, two, biology. Uh, an organic chemistry class. Uh, then you take microbio, uh, nutritional biochemistry. Then you have advanced nutrition because once you once you start taking the dietetics and nutrition classes, then you go into uh, everything else as far as uh, medical nutrition therapy, uh, food service management, nutrition education, nutrition counseling, advanced nutrition, which is like a lot of metabolism and, and those things. Um, just a really cool experience at FIU doing the dietetics and nutrition uh, course. Met a lot of great people, people who I am still friends with to this day. They are fellow colleagues, dietitians, um, you know, doing great things on their own uh, or for great companies. And I also, you know, made great connections and friendships with professors, uh, former professors, now friends and fellow colleagues as well. And it's always cool to be able to go back to FIU and talk to classes and students and whatnot. That's something that I really have a passion for, uh, public speaking and educating people as, as best as I can, especially soon to be like RDs to be, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so then once you finish with your coursework, uh, becoming a registered dietitian, you have to apply for a competitive internship, get accepted. Thankfully, I got accepted uh, to the FIU program and finished the supervised internship, passed my boards, and I've been a working dietitian since then, almost, let's say almost like seven years now, just about. And um, yeah, as soon as I finished with school, I was, I basically had a job. Um, I started working over for a, uh, like a, a, it was basically a doctor's office, you know, Mm -hmm. we would always say a medical, a medical wellness office. Right. Uh, basically a doctor's office that it was really cool what we would do there uh, as far as like looking at some blood work and uh, we even had like a, a metabolic cart to measure like vo2 max and those which was pretty cool um, and i learned a lot of things there i met a lot of people working there i learned a lot about um, management and management style uh, learning how to hire people and who not to hire because mm-hmm. they were you know, folks that I worked with that maybe weren't right. all that great as far as even like, and I'm not, not that I look to talk bad about people, but right. in the sense of they just, they weren't good people, right. you know, and uh, they weren't a good fit either probably. Well, no, a good fit, nor, nor just good people. They just weren't good. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, one of my bosses who was fired, um, he uh, was like stealing money kind of oh, thing. Geez. And that's just like. You don't, you know, you don't do that, man. Especially right. when you have people who are like working really hard in something, and you don't give your employees raises after four years right. working there. Like, man, and, but you're stealing the money. Mm-hmm. So that's what I mean by not good people, you right. know. And it sucks that it happened, but man, I'm so grateful that that happened. I'm grateful for the, the, the value of the lesson, the lesson in all of that. You know, the even people that my not so great boss had hired who were like, uh, I hate to use this term but people use it like a someone who's a cancer to a team got it that there were people that were hired that were that exactly and you learn you learn like it's uh it's better to keep good culture within your organization than to have someone who is a strong negative force to your team even if they have good sales yeah even if they're producing but if they're the They're culture of everything else around it is not doing well then at all you can't have someone on the team that threatens a pregnant woman like Jeez. really you right. know that, that's that's not right uh but then you know you learn certain things we came to learn that my former boss was not that great of a person he was the one that had hired the other guy who wasn't that. so it's like everything but this is stuff that you learn so i'm very grateful to have gone through all of those things and have all of that happen for me to see what really is out there the ins and outs of businesses um and even the 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 programs that i would put people on we saw people lose a bunch of weight which was awesome people come off of medication people feeling really good um but obviously you know in retrospect or in hindsight you learn and you say this wasn't 
this wasn't the right way to go about helping somebody lose weight. Mm-hmm. Was it effective? Yes, because it was a 28 day cookie cutter, highly restrictive program. And let me tell you, people lost weight. Was it, um, was it sustainable? Were they able to sustain that? That's or? where I started having a conflict. Yeah. It was not sustainable. It was very like, this is basically the, the program. It was the first four days, only protein. On day five, you add in vegetables. On week number three, you add in healthy fat. On week number four, you add in one fruit in the morning. So it, was, it goes from super restrictive to not as restrictive moving forward. And again, um, I, I helped create that program. Mm-hmm. I'm all about make sure you're getting enough protein and all of that. Um, but again, you also kind of let yourself almost like, a, and not everyone, at least for where I was at that point in time, I listened to my boss, I helped create this program and I put people on the program and I was, I was drinking the Kool-Aid. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was like, yeah, it's helping people. Again, in hindsight, it wasn't sustainable. So, and I really started seeing that, uh, that I started seeing that pattern that people would go on this looking for the quick fix, just like the weight loss industry, billion dollar industry, multi-billion dollar industry because of repeat customers, quotation marks, right? We don't, we don't really want that. Yes. There has to, there, you want your business to thrive, Mm -hmm. but giving this a short solution, uh, it didn't work. Now, Yes, it's on the, the individual doing the program to be able to move forward because there were programs that we had that it was supposed to kind of help you move forward, but there was so much emphasis on the cookie cutter quick fix that there weren't long-term solutions for the most part. There were people that, that they made a change and man, they stuck to it, mm-hmm. but the majority didn't. And that really started bothering me. But then what really, really, really bothered me, and again, you know, you see the, the back office side of right. things. Uh, when we started going towards a network marketing approach, the multi-level marketing stuff, uh, like the Herbalife's, if you yeah. will, the the whatever else is freaking multi-level marketing. Now there's everything, right? There's the uh, alkaline water multi-level marketing. There's like, I guess, uh, Monet's one that I see on social media. Popular. There's, you know, a bunch of different ones. Is that where you get other people to kind of... You get people under you, yeah. under in that pyramid, quote, quotation marks, right. so to speak. And... Um, and I can understand how people can do that for their business and, and all that, but I just, it, it didn't work for me. I mm-hmm. wasn't about like a... It was more sales driven than experience or quality or actual impact. Yeah, unfortunately. Which, because then when you see the cost of a supplement go from $35 up to $65 within two months time, just because you're switching to like a network marketing uh, uh, platform. Right. I, I had I had trouble with that, you know. I I can't sit there and like look someone in the face. And again, I understand from a business standpoint, but when at what point where's the disconnect? Like, when do you separate? We're doing this for business, which again, for a business to thrive, there has to be money coming in. But right. there's a different way to do it, right? Uh, but for the network marketing to work out, there had to be like a seven or ten times, you know, right. markup on the on the product, on the supplements. So. I was like, where's the disconnect or when do you separate the business let's make from- the business side and just the health side? Because I mean, once it turns to, to network marketing, yeah, I'll sell you whatever supplement you want is the, is the thought process of, right. of the individual doing that. But do I really just want someone to start taking omega threes? And yes, don't get me wrong. I'm all for supplements in, in their specific type yeah, of place. Context, yeah. But I would also much rather this individual work on their diet. I would actually rather them change their nutrition and just start eating better fundamentally. And then eventually we can introduce supplements and omega-3, a Mm -hmm. vitamin D, whatever you might be deficient in, you know? Um, So at what point do you disconnect that? So fortunately, I mean, I was going to leave that place and just like for, for time frame purposes, I had told myself I'm leaving in December. And, um, fortunately they let me go in June. So they kind of made the decision because mm-hmm. they knew that I wasn't a fan of the multi-level marketing stuff. Uh, I was still, I was sticking around because I wanted to help. Right. Um, uh, I wanted just about being like a, a loyal worker. Yeah. You didn't you want to burn bridges and leave no, out bad. Not at all. Not at all. But they ended up letting me go. And I think it was a pretty, a pretty messed up way that they went about it. But Hey, you know what? Letting someone go is never, never that great of a thing to do anyway. 
And even after that, I was still kind of involved because I was like, well, you know what? If people are going to be buying the products, these are patients that I was helping. This is the ego. And also wanting to make some money. I was like, I might as well just have the a network or the, the multi-level marketing thing. I might as well just keep my website on that and make money off of whatever sold. Because if like the medical assistants in the office are going to make money for putting someone on supplements, why the heck can't I? Oh, wow. Yeah. And then eventually... Uh, a few months after that, which just so happened to be maybe like earlier this year, um, I was like, you know what, I'm, I'm done. Uh, it was just, you know, a few different things. I, I remember I, I posted something with uh, an, a, another brand on my social media, a brand that I've promoted even when I was working at the place. Uh, and I was contacted saying, you know, we don't, we don't want, this isn't what we want from one of our leaders. And leaders is what they call the people who sell their stuff. Um, and I was like, well, nothing was ever... They were like, you know, you can, you can sell whatever you want. Like you can do this and that. So I promoted a brand that I still believe, believe in to this day. And they were like, you know, we don't want that from our leaders. And I was like, Hey, I totally understand. You know, I'm always here if you need anything. But, uh, and even after that, I was still slightly affiliated where I was like, I can still make the money. And again, the stuff that you learned yeah. really shouldn't do things just for money. man. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I remember I, I I had finished everything with the, the network marketing stuff. And then somebody reached out to me and I was like, well, if they buy this thing through the website that I had, uh, I'll make like an extra, what, like 75 or hundred bucks or something. Mm-hmm. Nothing, nothing crazy, you know? Right. Um, so I said, all right, let me sign into the website. Let me put my credit card back on file to restart my website again. And it didn't work. Um, so I contacted someone who works at the company. I said, Hey, look like this day. And they were like, Oh, but we thought that you didn't want, and I said, no, I don't. And I was very honest. I said, but I figured if someone is trying to buy something and they contacted me and say, well, why don't I just, you know, make a a quick little buck and reactivate or whatever. And then this was really what like ended it. And I'm going into, into detail here, just like for the story's sake. Um, that person sent a screenshot of our text conversation to me accidentally why on earth would you send me a screenshot they were obviously trying to send that to oh shoot. the owner or whoever right. maybe so like look, look what you know eric is trying to do or like or maybe saying maybe asking like look should i let eric back in i have no idea but when i saw that i was like man eric you like you sold yourself out for a quick buck mm-hmm. and i was like that's it man i'm done like for sure super that's why if anybody ever asked me like i make sure that they know i'm like I have zero affiliation right. with that company. Like, I don't wish them bad nor right, good. Right. I just wish them, you know, whatever. Um, but zero affiliation. Wow. And it should have been. I should have been done after they let me go mm-hmm. the way that they let me go. Things happen. You learn the <sighs> hard way most of the time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you started uh, so from the from the beginning, right? Grandma's health kind of gave you the bigger picture. Right, health is really important for sure. Right diabetes you, you, you saw the whole spectrum of that mm-hmm. kind of brighten up or should i say sparked a little thing in, in your mind right yep you had your brother kind of talking uh and like little basically just giving you like little hints hey dietetics dietetics uh you, obviously you had your dad that's you know always been in sports uh so you had that sports realm you played track you did football mm-hmm. um out through high school basically that created your foundation of performance yep, yep. um you've done 10 9 to 10 half marathons which is a lot you just came yeah. from a three mile <laughs> paddleboard yeah <laughs> good he, times he i'm talking about like 30 minutes ago he was, <laughs> he was out in the water i was uh, well i got tacos okay tacos and then first. i had to refuel man Come got on, it sport nutrition. fair enough fair <laughs> enough and then mdc where miami day college that's where you started really started getting into health you know he had health and wellness class uh with one of your professors that kind of lightened up even more or really started uh, kindling that fire, mm-hmm. right? And then again, that's where you started going to FIU. You entered into a Master of Science is of Dietitian or Nutrition. Yeah, it was, it was a Bachelor of Science in Dietetics and Nutrition. Dietetics right? and Nutrition. So yeah. then, then that's where you got all your clinical hours. You passed your boards, and then seven years later, here you are. You are a licensed registered dietitian. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. And then you had this experience. Was it your first job? Is that it was, was. It was literally my first job. First job after graduation. Got it. Yeah, I had a bunch of like little side, side things. Mm-hmm. Like, but this, was, this was like your official official. You learn management, you learn administrative, but you also learn kind of like the dark side of uh, of business. You yep. learn, um, obviously, to keep a business going, there has to be cash, right? Cash For is sure. the blood of the business. 
but there's plenty of ways to go through it. Yeah. Um, and I'm um, so fortunate for that. I'm right. super blessed to have been. You, you had that. to, you got the opportunity to see that. For sure. Um, learn from it. Cause a lot of times people are naive to that, I would say, mm-hmm. uh, or sometimes later down the road, like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe people are like that. Or I can't believe myself. I can't believe I let myself get to that point. I think sometimes, um, you, you kind of have to hit, I wouldn't say rock bottom, but you have to have to hit a rough point to really see how you, how you react to things. There's certain things where things can be really smooth, smooth, smooth until something really happens. You don't really understand how you would react Mm -hmm. and what becomes important. What's priority. Um, Talk to us. I mean, you talked to us a little bit about it, but what's your approach to nutrition when you're working with a client? Um, I guess from everything you've learned through school, through this experience, through other realms that you've learned, even talking to coaches and uh, clients and, you know, even myself as a therapist and an athletic trainer, what's your approach? Individualistic, right? Uh, Obviously, we have science. Mm -hmm. Science shows us, uh, I guess we can say, it gives us guidelines uh, on what works in general. Things that we know that work or don't work or certain approaches or why this approach works. Um, so for me, it's about what's the specific goal of the individual. I, I do like to teach individuals about macronutrients, carb, protein, fat, how many calories, because if we're talking about weight, right? And this is there, it's important to understand that, that just nutrition and weight loss and just, you know, for regular folks, is a completely separate topic uh, from sports nutrition. Mm. Because I would say just our regular avid exerciser nutrition, although you can use sport nutrition for that, um, they might view what they do as their diet and exercise. Mm -hmm. Your true athletes, they are eating and training, not dieting and exercising. Mm. So I would say for a lot of the people who look for more so for body composition changes, it's all right, you know, understanding the overall calories, calories in, calories out, understanding the the macronutrient, uh, how much protein, carb, fat, and all of that. But a lot of people do it mostly because they want to look and feel good and be healthy. Uh, Now, you will have the folks that want to come in and I want to perform better in my CrossFit classes. I want to do better when the CrossFit Open comes around. I do triathlons regularly, so I want to make sure that my nutrition is good for my triathlon. Now you kind of start going a little more into the sport nutrition realm um, where you're talking about training and eating. Because athletes who are training and eating, if you look at a collegiate uh, sprinter Mm -hmm. or an Olympic sprinter, their nutrition is super important, right? This is your fuel. But they're not worried about dieting and exercising. They're training and eating. And their bodies... From a physique standpoint, some of the best. What well, what's the difference between diet and uh, diet and uh, exercise and mm-hmm. then training and nutrition? So as far as as far as the training and eating goes, that's the athlete mindset. Uh, diet and exercise is kind of like, well, I'm gonna exercise, so I'm gonna I'm gonna move around for 10, 20, 30 minutes, or go to my personal trainer, my trainer, class. my Orange Theory class, or you know whatever. Got it. Um, and cool, I'm going to get my exercise in. And as far as diet, they're thinking diet to look good and those things. So they're dieting and exercising, mm-hmm. right? Training and eating is essentially train to perform better, eat to recover, to train to perform better. Mm-hmm. So there's a there's a difference, you know? There's a big time difference. Now, I would still love the athlete to understand overall calories. And that education side is still important so that they understand their nutrient needs your macros you have certain micronutrients mm-hmm. and whatnot um some athletes just don't care right and from two sides they don't care as far as like oh, i don't really care about knowing that stuff like i'm just here because of whatever mm-hmm. or they don't care in the sense of like i don't care so much about that detailed information i just want to be able to perform yeah just give me what i need to know and then yep and that's it they take it from there so it's a, it's a little bit different, but as far as my approach is, it's educational. I like to teach the people that I work with why we're doing what we're doing, but individualistic. Some people don't care to know why we're doing what we're right. doing. So I might not waste my time saying, you know, I saw this uh, genetic predisposition 
to cholesterol issues. So I want to make sure that you're eating less saturated fat. Uh, so this is what I did with your nutrition. Some people don't care to know all those details. And then some people want to know every single little thing. Like why can't I eat the <laughs> gluten containing bread? Uh, well, because you told me yourself that when you eat gluten containing bread, it bothers your stomach, even though we know if you don't have a gluten intolerance or allergy or celiac, you're fine. But you specifically, ma'am or sir, you respond that way. And they're going to want to know, oh, okay, oh, that's true. You know, I forgot that I responded that or, or whatever right. it might be. But they want to know every little detail. I can appreciate all forms. But the important thing for us as those working with people is to know the science and know the practical approach and be pragmatic with it, right? Just because we know that the ketogenic diet isn't the best nutrition approach or strategy for all people. Right. I know very well that for some people, it can work really well. Very effective. And if they can sustain it and it's not affecting their heart health, their cholesterol and those things negatively, I'm not going to sit there and try to tell them don't do keto. Mm -hmm. I don't know. If it works for you and you're staying healthy, you're getting your results and you feel good, cool, stay on it. I, I really couldn't care less. Right. But if we see that your LDL cholesterol jumps up to 275, yeah, we should probably reconsider because that is a strong indicator of potential heart disease in the future. What are you doing? Keto diet. Okay, let's try to rearrange some things as far as your nutrition mm -hmm. is concerned. And then at the end of the day, you also learn that people are only willing to do as much as they're kind of like willing to accept or, or take in. Right. Um, that saying, if you could only lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. Right. You know, I agree with that firmly, but I, I think that we definitely have to try to at least make the horse drink because steer, we know the at least steer them in the right way. For it's sure. up to them at that point. If they drink it, it's up to them, but I still want to try to make them drink. Right. Because I know that them drinking that water, hypothetically, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, them drinking that water is going to be good for them. Right. So if I can lead them to understand why they shouldn't go on the quick fix nutrition stuff, they've done it all their life. Mm -hmm. Keep doing what you've always done and get what you've always got. So two ways that we've uh, that you have kind of breaking it down is diet and exercise is more like the average person. There it seems like more so they're checking a box like I'm eating pretty good. Mm -hmm. I'm doing a couple, uh, you know, going to my class. I'm doing this. At least I'm doing my part of taking care of myself. Correct. The training and eating is more methodical. It's more either you have the two sections. You have one that doesn't really care they're either the coach told them that they have to do it or somebody told or they know they have to do it mm -hmm. but they really don't care too much about it and then you have the other athlete that wants to know just enough for them to kind of understand and then whatever just tell about what to do kind of training thing. and exercise is more like okay i'm training and exercise to be able to perform like there's training a, and eating sorry tra yeah, sorry training and eat. eating mm -hmm. to be able to perform yeah like what i eat helps me to train and when i eat and what i train helps me to perform for sure there's it's more of a systematic there's more a thought process behind that yeah. even though there can be behind a diet right they can be following a program or something but yep. for them it's more like okay at least i'm doing it yeah for the most and i'm sure you have like a hybrid where as a recreational athlete like you mentioned someone that is not a professional mm -hmm. marathon or triathlon but likes to make sure that they're performing well so they're taking care of their eating much it's like a combination in between mm -hmm. but at least those two spectrums we kind of like clarified yeah cool and then you mentioned like practical approach with science on it but also individualized yeah because what works for one person doesn't necessarily work for the other person maybe you know creating a hybrid approach for that for wherever it is that you're speaking to yeah i mean kind of staying on that i i don't mind if someone does like a a very cookie cutter program and they know that something has worked for them in the past so let's just use a very popular um, Weight Watchers. Mm -hmm. That's a popular. So, so does that work? Listen, they have a couple of stores and I've always seen them like this yeah. has to either be working or they're really good at sales. <laughs> Probably both. Okay. Yeah. Any, any diet can work in the sense of getting someone to lose weight. Got it. If you just get someone to eat a little bit less and move a little bit more, the results should be, if you really create a caloric deficit, you should have someone losing weight. Weight Watchers, what I like about them, excuse me, is that they, they, they teach moderation, mm -hmm. right? The issue is that people do Weight Watchers, and, and not to not to pick on Weight Watchers, right? Because any you know, entity you, that helps you, you let's say the sense. South Beach Diet or whatever, whatever right. you want to say. Um, but when they 
when they are trying to go back on a weight loss program after doing a weight loss program, the other weight loss program didn't really work. You know what I'm saying? If you just did Weight Watchers Mm -hmm. and, oh, it worked really well for me. Oh, but I gained, you know, 10 pounds back out of the 15 that I lost. Awesome. Congrats on not gaining the full 15. I'm going to go back to Weight Watchers though. Oh, wait, but, and that's cool. If it works for you, then great. But why are you going to go back to something that didn't really work for you? Like we have to, maybe you need counseling. Mm -hmm. Maybe you have to sit down with a registered dietitian or with a psychologist Mm -hmm. so that you can understand like, it's behavior not, and correct habits it's not just the what weight watchers is teaching me it's not just the cut out the carbs or cut out the fat there's something more there's something with me that i have to adjust or perhaps fix in this case mm-hmm. because i did the quote-unquote diet it helped me get to a particular goal but now i'm looking to go back on it because i'm back to the goal that i had before when i was starting it the first time did it and it, this goes back to what i said before multi-billion dollar industry right repeat cut why do we want that and this is just weight loss mm-hmm. right sport nutrition is a little bit different but but yeah that was just a, a point that you made me think of in your right your absolutely i mean we talked about sustainability when again when it comes to nutrition it goes right over my head but i do understand <laughs> certain things and one thing that i've always understood is sustainability if i can do it for a long period of time and you're just doing this yo-yo diet right um or getting ready for your wedding getting ready for summer or lose weight the first three months and then whoop, you're right back right first of all it's definitely not healthy in a sense but um creating sustainability should or um, i guess this is a question should sustainability should be like a main focus or one of the main focus in a diet or in a nutritional program or is that um i don't know maybe is that unrealistic i guess no sustainability has to be one of the fundamentals of nutrition if somebody were to ask me, what's the best diet? Mm-hmm. My answer is adherence. Whatever you can keep on doing till you die. Mm-hmm. Or at least until you stop caring and you're like 97 and you start taking like mushrooms right. because you don't care anymore. <laughs> like whatever, cool. Right. But as long as you care, s- sustainability, adherence, being able to do it for a long time, forever, mm-hmm. is super important. Because what good is X diet? If it works for a year and a half, mm-hmm. but then after a year and six and seven months, um, oh dang, I'm going backwards. Like I'm, I'm, I put on five pounds, or I put on the, I regained the twenty that I lost plus two extra pounds. Mm-hmm. Something has to happen intrinsically with the individual where I have to make a change to improve my nutrition, but I have to realize that all these drastic things that I've done and that I've gone through, they haven't worked for me in the long run. Something has to change with me. Everything that I've done hasn't really been sustainable. Whether they believe it or not, oh, I could do this for the rest of my life. Why did you just gain the 17 pounds back? What do you find is the the biggest obstacle trying to create this sustainability, trying to create this adherence to a program or to a coach or to a registered dietitian? What do you find? I guess there's probably multiple factors. For sure, there are. Uh, from an outside standpoint, you have uh, media and people talking. Mm-hmm. That makes it hard. Uh, like social media and all this stuff. For that sure. You Magazines, seen. TV, Beyonce and J-Lo talking about that they eat nothing. Right. Um, and then uh, internally is getting people to reprogram habits. That is one of the hardest things to get somebody to do even for someone who's just diagnosed with diabetes they're scared they want to make a change but five years down the road are they are they going to stay consistent with what they learned mm-hmm. was like a lot of doctors will say just you know cut out the carbs cut out the rice cut out the this da, 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 da. is that going to work in the long run if you're part cuban like i am probably not because you like your rice you like your yuca you there's like a your, lot of whatever. rice and beans and for sure right so if you learn how to still incorporate rice and beans, just instead of having one and a half cups of rice, learning to have half a cup of rice, boom, portion control. But getting someone to really reprogram that, because it's all about programming. Reprogramming culture. Habits. Reprogramming habits. habits. Habits for sure. Culture is a part of it. We learn our habits from our culture. Right. You know, um, a very common one that I say is eating everything on your plate. Yeah. 
Abuelita, abuela says, oh, sure. they come todo or no? Yeah, uh, You yeah, better yeah. eat everything or... Or you're stuck. Yeah, you're, you're, you're not, not healthy. <laughs> you're not doing good. Or you're not going to go watch TV. You're not going to play games. Correct. Or you don't get dessert. Right. Because we want to get like rewarded for that. Right? right. We want that sweet treat, excuse me, that we enjoy. So getting someone to change that. But how do you help abuela understand that a chunky baby isn't necessarily a healthy baby? <laughs> You know, right. especially now, right. type two diabetes in children was unheard of, and now it's unfortunately common. Not so surprising. I don't know how common it is because I don't know those specific statistics, but it's it's more accepted, mm -hmm. if you will. When back in the day, it was like a child with type two diabetes, no way, they have to be type one. That was always because juvenile diabetes right. was type one, which means you're pancreas isn't working too well so you have to inject the insulin on a regular basis type 1 and type 2 are two completely different monsters mm -hmm. um but once children start getting type 2 diabetes how do you help from a cultural standpoint grandma grandpa whoever understand that a chunky baby isn't really a healthy baby they've been also doing it for years right for sure oh and my parents what, did it well, my grandparents did it that's exactly. how it used to be that's yeah. how it's always been reprogramming habits that's the hard part internally. What about does emotion and psychological uh, warfare, I guess I said, or, or yeah. like this uh, internal clock, right? Does that play a role? I mean, you mentioned psychology, right? You mentioned sure. psychologists. Yeah. Um, what's one of the things I guess you've seen uh, trying to adhere, trying to create a sustainable uh, nutrition program or diet? For, I don't like the word diet. But, yeah, but, but all diet means is your way of eating. Right. Unfortunately, there's such a negative connotation. There's this... this we think diet means restrict and suffer. Right. You know, but diet just means your way of eating. That's Usually you know, like when people say diet, it's short term. Mm -hmm. That's why I say I don't like diet. Or I say, yeah, yeah. you know, if you think diet, you're thinking, oh, I'm on a diet. If you're on a diet, that means you're about to get off sometime. And that's what I tell people yeah. psychologically. Don't look at it as I'm going on a diet. Think of it as I'm changing my diet. Right. That's the little cues you know how coaching cues, like you see somebody doing a deadlift, ah, no, you know, do right. this a little bit differently. On this end, it's don't... We're reprogramming. Again, back right. to the reprogramming. So for sure, there's psychological warfare. There's a, a difficulty with understanding that like, I can do this for one. Mm -hmm. I believe in myself. Two, um, the certain relationship with food, because when we look at food, most of the time, if we think about like stress and mm -hmm. uh, I guess we can say more robotic eating. Don't be a robot. In life, don't be a robot. Like don't just run through certain motions, right? Um, with nutrition, we tend to use it as for different mechanisms. Coping and celebratory, right? So we're celebrating or we are morning mm. hey i had a uh let's say you're a kid oh ma i had a rough day in school oh it's okay honey like here's some chocolate yeah. right oh ma, i got an a oh here honey here's some chocolate right when you grow up hey honey i had a rough day at work today oh it's okay you know here's some wine mm. hey i had a, a promotion at work oh hey here's some wine you know what i'm saying like we use food as and then when you're stressed coping mechanism mm -hmm. i'm so stressed out you know, I'm a stress eater. The more you tell yourself that, the more you're going to believe it for sure. But knowing that you're a stress eater, we have to make a change. If I'm a stress eater, okay, I'm getting stressed out. Let me not have certain foods around. Let me just make sure that I have like a, uh, carrots and hummus. Mm -hmm. Let me make sure I have just a protein shake around. So I'm not, I'm not, I don't have this urge to eat the, the pack of Oreos, mm -hmm. which I love Oreos mm -hmm. and I think it's okay to eat Oreos. Chocolate chip cookies, man. They are, so good. They, they are, if there's any around me, they're, they're in trouble. But you see, knowing that is important for you. Right. Because you're like, all right, you know what? I recognize that chocolate chip cookies are a trigger food for me. And it's crazy that you say that because a lot of times, uh, stress, stressful day, you get home, sugar. I'm like, where's that Capri Sun? Where's that? <laughs> where's that? Again, that's really a bad thing when balanced out right sure. but i'm like damn where's that cookie i'm looking around I'm like damn but it, it, to me i'm hungry yeah. but i drink a little bit of water maybe eat a fruit i'm not hungry anymore sure. or even going for a walk right you change your, your... de-stress man i gotta get up and go for a walk right 
cool. Like, let off the steam, you know? But if you know you're a stress eater, recognize it. Mm -hmm. Recognize that there's a problem. This is the problem. Okay. Let me make a change. Mm -hmm. I know that I'm going to look for the, the chips ahoy, right? Let me, I'm throwing out brands on here. Like, yeah. <laughs> let me, I better get a, a, a sponsorship from <laughs> someone. Um, check okay. in the mail, check in the mail. <laughs> uh, let me make sure that I don't have Chips Ahoy available. Or let me have them locked away. You know, let me ask fiance, girlfriend, boyfriend, brother, sister, whoever, to keep it locked away somewhere that I don't know. Until, you know, maybe one day we'll say, all right, I'm going to open it up and we'll have one. Two. Anywhere between one to three cookies yeah. and put it away. But going in there with that mindset. Recognizing that there is a problem is the first step in addressing it and making a change about the problem. Mm-hmm. You know? So that's a lot of psychology. Yeah. A lot of it. And oftentimes as someone's dietitian and, and as their health coach, I turn into therapists absolutely 100 psychologists like yeah. all these all these things um you're dealing with the human there's so many aspects and variables to that human yeah right? there's a lot but we got to know staying in our lane is also important absolutely you know i'm not gonna sit there and freud them uh, for sure <laughs> I, i'm also not gonna like oh you know like this muscle's hurting up here i guess you know maybe you want to try this but right. maybe you should see someone who's licensed in massage therapy right maybe you should see a physical therapist maybe mm-hmm. you should see uh, an athletic trainer whatever like right. that's not my thing mm-hmm. just because i have strength coach after my name or certified personal trainer it doesn't mean that i am the strength coach of all right. strength coaches mm-hmm. like i'm not the master of the squat right i definitely know certain cues and this and that but mm-hmm. if you want to perfect something go see this person right so staying in our lane is is definitely important mm-hmm. which from the external factors that's one, one thing that kind of like frustrates me a little bit the JLo's and Beyonce's, mm-hmm. you know, stay in your lane. You are an entertainer. And if you can make a positive impact in someone's life, I appreciate that. But telling people to like never touch carbs or like cut them, like, you know, come on, man. Right. Now you're just creating food fear. Why are we going to demonize certain foods when we know that no food is naturally or inherently bad for us, at least in small amounts, because right. anything outside of moderation, any too much of anything is going to be Yeah, too much of a bad. good thing is bad. For sure. Yeah. Except love. The world needs more hugs. And, this is true. You know? Well, just perfect segue to NTWABP. There we go. Ooh, two times. That's two times. <laughs> I saw that. I had it engraved in my head. Um, let's talk about that. Let's yeah. talk about your mission with that. When did that start? How they came about? And where where you see you going? Where, where is it at right now? Right now, it's, uh, it's on a very... It's not like a, a standstill. Okay. Standstill, I mean, you know, I still tell people about it. I still wear the shirts and I always use the hashtag, like no matter what. What's it, what's it stand for? Make the world a better place. Um, and what I did, I uh, I I just kind of came up with this acronym. Man, it must have been. I think you remember, you remember me telling me it was in, like, in class or somewhere. Or... Well, it, I know, I remember that it first, first started. Maybe back around 2010 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. I don't remember what the heck I was doing. I just remember thinking to myself, you know what? People, good stuff happens in the world. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of it gets reported. We should be the change that we want to see in the world. If me using this six-letter acronym mm-hmm. can spark something in someone's head to think let me be a little nicer today let me hold the door open for somebody and let me not expect a thank you but then maybe the person who walks through the door saw it too and said dang let me say thank you let me pay it forward you know like let me let me just to kind of like help people realize like we really have to be the change that we want to see so if you see make the world a better place make the world a better place make the world a better place make the world a better, mtwabp it's a funky freaking acronym right because you're like mtwab yeah what i is tried that? i tried to say that <laughs> like it is it monday tuesday wednesday uh yeah i'm done yeah. There, right like so if people could understand that it means make the world a better place maybe when i post something on facebook instagram twitter linkedin whatever wearing the shirt with the with the hashtag on it Maybe it's going to spark curiosity. And really the purpose of it is to spread positivity. I would love for it to turn into something 
where it's some type of perhaps like a, a nonprofit mm-hmm. um, or maybe like a for-profit for donating to certain, you know, I, I don't know enough about that stuff. I haven't done my own investigating on that, but I would like for it to turn into something to help a greater cause, but at minimal, right? At worst, or at least, I guess you could say, I just want people to know that it's a message for spreading positivity and that that's why the back of the shirts right now, they say, be the change. Mm. Because if you're not happy with how that man is talking to that woman, make sure that you don't talk to your woman the way that that man is talking to that woman, Mm -hmm. right? Am I asking you to go and interfere with that? That one is kind of tricky because do you really want to jump in someone's business as long as it's not a physical altercation. And in that case, it's kind of like, hey, you know, somebody has to calm down or call Mm -hmm. the police, whatever. But at least to get the brain going, to do something better, Mm -hmm. to pay it forward, to say bless you if someone sneezes, to say thank you if someone says bless you, like holding the door open and, and whatnot, letting somebody in in traffic, using your turn signal. I don't know, like mm-hmm. the simplest little things, but to just start spreading more positivity because I think that there's a lot of it that happens and we don't see enough of it. And that's another thing. Use the hashtag on social media. Mm-hmm. If you're posting something good, oh, this uh, homeless man just got a box of donuts donated from a franchise owner of Dunkin' Donuts, mm-hmm. like, cool, make the world a better place. Right. You know, like, I put it on my... So- because now people are news companies. They walk around with their phone. Yep. Something crazy happens, boom, let me catch it. It's a lot easier. It's very... It's uh, easy to to gravitate towards the negative, right? Negative mm-hmm. habits, negative sayings, negative this, negative thoughts. Yeah. Uh, oh, shoot, look at that cop doing something bad. Exactly. What about that cop that does something good? Exactly. Or that person is doing really good, things. right? Yeah, man. So... Um, that's awesome. I remember I was like, MTWNP. I'm like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, shoot, it makes sense. Make the world a better place. Because if we're, if misery loves company, right? so does happiness. Right. So does optimism. It's not just like the person who's down in the dumps doesn't want to feel alone down in the dumps. But when someone's happy, you like to have more happy, good positivity around. But the cool thing about good and positivity is that even if you're alone, it feels good. Mm-hmm. If you're negative and you're alone... You need somebody not else to... Not not a good place to be. Right. You know? So, more positivity. <laughs> right on, man. Right on. All right. Make the world a better place. All right, Eric. How, how can the listeners uh, reach you? I would say one of the best ways to do it is on social media. Um, Instagram, it's at Eric Bustillo. So, that's E-R-I-K. B U S T I L L O. Okay, I'll make sure to put it on the bottom of the podcast so they can. It'll be a little easier for them. Uh, website. Website. I don't currently have one. No. I, uh, I'm okay. currently a, a websiteless uh, operator. You got Instagram. Uh, I do have Instagram. That's more than enough. And they can even reach out on email. Okay. Uh, email is Eric the Dietitian. So the that's E R I K T H E D I E T I T I A N at gmail.com perfect and uh and yeah i'm pretty good on on social media at eric bustillo email um yeah and if you're ever in miami give me a shout <laughs> we um, out together just to kind of go through a little bit of what we talked about because it was a whole lot yeah i mean, sorry i can talk for days no but... it's perfect <laughs> it's actually absolutely exactly what we're looking for i mean again you had uh, family influences to kind of get you into dietitian, into the form performance uh, sector. And health and wellness. Health right. and wellness. Yep, yep. Um, you had, again, you went through uh, Miami-Dade College. You went through FIU. You got your master's in uh, oh, science. Mad- actually, master's, I'm, I'm currently working on my master's. Oh, what? Yeah, that's another one of the things on my on my list. Yeah, no, because the, the FIU stuff is the bachelor's in science. Oh, okay. The master's, I'm doing exercise science and sports nutrition. Got it. Um, currently. Okay. Uh, hopefully be done uh, maybe less than a year. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we talked about your approach to nutrition. There's science behind it. There's um, obviously the personal side of it, right? Yeah. Um, macronutrients, making sure that the person understands where there are uh, where they're at are they recreational are they more of an athlete mm-hmm. do they want to kind of be in between yeah. we talked about the difference between diet and exercise and training and nutrition yep. uh training. we talked about that training and eating yep. uh we talked about sustainability and adherence right we talked about the external factors right media influencers we talked about internal factors reprogramming habits we talked about uh culture right we talked about hispanic la abuelita i want you to eat the entire plate right <laughs> uh we yeah. talked about the psychological side of it right self-worth coping um celebratory eating right we talked about all those things 
And then finally, we finished up with the MTWAVP. Yes, sir. I'm on a roll. Yeah, that man, you're make killing the, it. Make the world a better place. Yes. Um, Amen. Basically, it's just to spread positivity. Be the change that you want to see. Yep. Right? It's currently on standstill, but it's always moving. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Always I like moving. That. I always like moving. That. All right. <laughs> this last part is what I call speed round. So yeah, um, <laughs> I give you a question. You have 0.3 seconds to answer it. Ooh, I love it. Um, favorite superhero? Oh, Superman. Wow. Waffles or pancakes? Pancakes. And this next one, I forgot what I was going to say. Favorite movement as far as exercise? Ooh, power clean. Wow. Okay. Yeah. The Superman one is kind of iffy, though, because, like, he's one of the favorites, but, you know, I got mad love for, like, Magneto, who's a bad guy. Really? Interesting. I I really like Magneto, man. Why Magneto? I think it started when I was a kid because his name is Eric, spelled with a K. Is it really? Yep. I didn't know that. Yep. That's his, I don't know. Uh, I don't know a lot of things. That's the different. character. That's the character name. Okay. But yeah, just his power with magnetism. Yeah, there's a bunch, man. I, I could go down a rabbit hole with that. Fair enough. Um, listeners, I mean, I'll have his information and contact info, and you should see it at the bottom of this podcast. Um, at the very end, this this is a very important sector of the podcast. Um, Thanking you, Eric, for giving uh, the listeners, giving myself the time to hear your story, hear uh, basically your approach, your mission in life, your mission and what you do with your clients and those around you. Uh, I can't thank you enough for what you do. I can't thank you enough for giving us the time, uh, again, to hear what you have to say. So I appreciate that. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you having this platform. I really do. Thank you. And thank for you. inviting me to be on. I'm always happy to be on. Podcasts. Yeah. We didn't, we didn't mention that. Yeah, I have a podcast. Podcast, yeah, okay. Yeah. How can they reach your podcast? Or what's the name of your podcast? Uh, it's Education. Education. With Eric B. With Eric and B. And a period after the B. I almost forgot that. Yeah, yeah. Eric B, I'll make sure to put that podcast. Yeah. Um, the next it. thing or the next set of people I want to thank are the listeners. Because without listeners, really, we're just speaking yep. into a mic and hopefully somebody hears in the universe. But uh, <laughs> thankfully, we've, we are given this platform. We are given this opportunity to educate, to share value, to share experience and knowledge. Um, and we want to thank you, the listeners, right now, if you're, again, driving towards work or driving uh, home from work, if you're you know at a desk right now or whatever it is you're doing getting right now. Getting a workout. Getting a workout <laughs> in, right? getting a run in. We want to thank you for giving us this opportunity to uh, speak a little bit um on what we, we are very passionate about. So I really appreciate that. Um, to our clients, to our patients, to everyone that we get to the opportunity to work with, mm-hmm. um, I want to thank you uh, for giving us the, the opportunity to share our value, to share what we are most passionate about, whether it's health and nutrition, performance, uh, manual therapy, movement programming. Um, like I mentioned, without having someone to share with, it's really just knowledge. Um, but being able to share that knowledge is impact. So. Amen. Thank you very much for that. Um, On that note, this is Connect and Move Radio. I'm your host, Andy Fortuna, signing out.